Welcome to the Moon and You podcast. My name is Susan Hart. Together, we will explore the many aspects of the female menstrual cycle and weave into the conversation aspects of the full and new moon phases that impact on our emotional and physical body. There is an ancient calling in all of us to lift our heads and acknowledge the moon. Come with us as we explore ways to anchor ourselves in her energies, bring stability to our own cycles, and learn to make the most of each week by learning what hormones govern our days. I am so grateful you are here. Welcome back to the podcast, listeners. It is so lovely to have you here with us. Kerry Hurrigan is here with me and eager to chat with us. Hello, Kerry. Hi there, Sue. How are you going? I am really well now because I had a bit of a leg issue beforehand, but I've been a good girl and I've been doing all my physio and exercises and I think I'm going to be able to walk again. It's terrible when you go in the fetlock, isn't it? I've had that experience. It's awful. Yes. I'm not going to put it down to age. I'm just going to put it down to not exercising enough. Mm. And that's probably true. Yes. Yep. So my friend, this podcast, uh, for me, I'll be relying heavily on a book I am deliciously absorbing at the moment, and it's called Women Wellness Wisdom, and it's from an Australian author, Dr. Libby Weaver, and I have spoken about her before. So the book covers everything from food, body image, mental health, gut health, menstruation, and all the world issues also around the health of the endocrine system. I'm just loving it. And yeah, and I'm really glad I can use that as a resource uh, for today's topic. So before we get into all of my uh, menstrual, I was going to say menstrual issues, I mean... (laughs) I used to have a lot of menstrual issues. Um, Conversations. I'm going to hand it over to you to introduce um, the topic today and starting off with, um, of course, the beautiful new moon that's happening soon. Okie doke. Okay, so here we go. Well, we're talking about the new moon in Gemini, which is happening on the 23rd of May, and that's in in Australia. Uh, And the new moon is always the best time to set a new intention because it's the beginning of a new cycle. And a really good idea is to see where the new moon in Gemini will fall into your chart Mm. and see what area of life you can best use this energy. And if you don't know where the new moon will be, you can create a free chart on astro.com. So I will, I've got a couple of examples, Sue, but I will we'll mention that as we get, when we get to the end of Gemini, so people will have a better understanding. We'll start with the moon, and the moon is about our inner world and our emotional security. If we put our security in people or things outside of us and they're taken away or they leave us, we can create a life crisis. And we're seeing a lot of that now with job loss and people losing their income. And I cannot stress enough how important it is to find that inner security from within first. Very important. The thing with the Gemini energy combined with the new moon, I'll give you clues on how you can use this energy to address things like that, such as, you know, issues and and problems that we can have. So the moon signifies our instinctive and emotional responses. It's sensitive, very intuitive, and our natal moon placement also signifies 
what fulfills and satisfies us on a daily basis. So, for example, if you have a Gemini moon, as I do, you may be somebody that has lots of books around you because Gemini is about information and communications. So in evolutionary astrology, which is the astrology I study, we are taught that the moon represents our ego, which is fascinating when you think about how close our emotions and our ego is. I mean, they're pretty much hand in hand. The moon also has a distorted part of it as well. And this distortion side is this unhealthy side rather is described as moody, overly sensitive and indecisive. Gemini is a mutable air sign ruled by Mercury. Air is the mental and Gemini is all all about the intellect. Gemini rules communication, information, ideas and thoughts, and it's information in and information out. In fact, Gemini can never have enough information. It is left brain. People with active Gemini energy can hold copious amounts of information. However, this can sometimes work against them as they have so much information and details they become paralysed. People with active Gemini energy can hold copious amounts of information. They can astound others with this vast amount of knowledge they can have on all kinds of topics. They're very curious. They can be very talkative, but they make great conversationalists. They're also known for their quick wit and humour, and they are lots of fun to be around. One person that always comes to mind for me is Alan Carr. I don't know if you've ever seen him. He's a talk show host, and he's a Gemini, and he calls himself Chatty Man. He's really funny. He's great if you can catch his show. They have a great curiosity about like people with Gemini energy are always asking questions. They can talk very fast, as you can hear, and I'm trying to slow myself down here, Sue. <laughs> and the Gemini archetype is incredibly adaptable. It has brilliant problem-solving abilities. And when you think of Gemini, think diversity. Gemini, however, does have a distorted side and there's a contrariness that comes with Gemini. It's a duality. You can say one thing and the Gemini energy will say the exact opposite. It can be indecisive, scattered and unfocused with difficulty finishing what it has started. Also known for lying and instability Hard to keep up with as they can speak incredibly fast, as I, as I said. And see, that's the, see, there's a great example right there of being unfocused and not staying on track. They're hard to keep up with. They can speak incredibly fast, not even finishing a sentence before they are on to another topic, making it hard for the listener to keep up. They have a lot of difficulty in relaxing their minds. Medically, Gemini rules the hands, arms, nervous system, bronchial tubes and lungs. And I just want to, just a a little example is Donald Trump. Now, he's a Gemini son, and if you watch him when he's speaking, he does this thing with his hands. Mm. He uses his hands in a very unusual way. So with the new moon, combining the new moon and Gemini together is an ideal time, sorry, to tackle problems you may have and see how many solutions you can come up with. If you're thinking of starting a project, brainstorm new ideas and see how creative you can be. Um, if your the Gemini moon is passing over the ninth house, you may feel you want to expand your mind or go beyond and explore the philosophical or the spiritual. And also you may want to uh, initiate new experiences to grow and expand 
your knowledge. So just a couple of examples there. You may want to learn something new or teach someone, which is also a great way to learn. Is there something something in your life you can be more flexible in? It's a great time to start a journal or write a book about what you know and what you enjoy. Things happen extremely quickly around Gemini New Moon, so expect the unexpected and be prepared for the surprises. The Gemini adaptability, it is probably one of the most adaptable and flexible signs of the zodiac. It can switch gears quite quickly. If you have a problem with something, it's a great time to see how many solutions you can come up with. Uh, Watch the negative internal chatter as this can send you in a downward spiral. And if you are struggling with continual stressful thoughts, uh, I always mention my favourite a uh, person that deals with this is Byron Katie at thework.com. One of the best things to do during this new moon in Gemini is start a meditation practice to calm the scattered and restless mind. Oh, that's fabulous. <laughs> fabulous. <laughs> I enjoyed that. It was lovely. And I particularly enjoyed how vulnerable you are when you talk about yourself and, you know, your... <laughs> Gemini moon you know your duality I suppose and how you speak fast and all that sort of stuff and I know um, it's so and I can hear it and I try to keep to slow it down yeah. so I, I am trying so you are no I it's wonderful Valium. I think even being that uh, vulnerable um, especially in this space when on a podcast I think that that's where humans learn from each other and I appreciate always your honesty my friends it's good thank you Sue Mm. so let's get on to um, week one in regards to the menstrual cycle so listeners what Carrie and I do is try to uh, bring you information that will help you through your cycle help you navigate the month because as you know, it comes around every month, your cycle. Most people always, you know, look at the PMS period. So we are looking at the whole month and breaking it down into weeks. So I'm going to be talking about week one now. So your period starts this week and with it, the usual signs that your body is undergoing another transformation, letting go of the old uterine lining and making way for a new one. For some women, the flow is very heavy and accompanying cramps, bloating and an overall sense of unwellness can unfold. It did for me. Um, and I know Carrick did for you. Oh, yes, yeah. yes. During this week, nutrition is one of the best areas you can focus on. Your body is undergoing a tremendous transformation and requires adequate nu- nutrients to work at its optimal best. Blood loss, lack of sleep and fatigue can be supported if you eat densely nutritional meals and hydrate with water. I cannot tell you how important that is. Um, as I mentioned earlier uh, at the beginning of the podcast, I've been uh, reading from, from a book written by Dr. Libby. And she says, a healthy and balanced way to increase the amount of minerals in your diet is to increase the amount of plant foods you currently consume. Mm. The green ones in particular. Also too, and this really surprised me, and I'm so glad that she did say it, is that (laughs) Celtic salt or Himalayan pink salt is also really good because they typically contain 84 minerals and can help your body better absorb water into the cells. Now, yeah, so I'm not talking about going down and getting your just your normal table salt and lathering it around. Just be purposeful with your salt. That's what she's sort of saying is that, you know, if you're going to have an egg or potato, potatoes, you know, just sprinkling some 
Celtic salt and Himalayan salt, they actually have 84 minerals in them, which allows your body to absorb water better. Amazing stuff. Sorry, Kerry, I cut you off. No, that's all right. No, it is amazing. See, I was just thinking as one, as someone with a Gemini moon, see, I love more information I can get, Mm. the better I like it. I can really wallow in information. So if there's anybody out there that's a Gemini, you know, has a lot of Gemini energy, they would love this. Yes. Well, and also have a little surprise. I've been sort of scouring the um, cookbooks that I have because I'm a vegetarian, um, vegan mostly. When you say vegan mostly, all the vegans out there are highly offended now, but (laughs) I'll cut that. (laughs) Cut that, sorry. So what I've been doing is I've been uh, scouring my cookbooks to come up with a little surprise for our Facebook followers, and I'm going to have an amazing recipe, a really delicious recipe for a whole food plant-based recipe for our moon lovers out there to download and to get into it. Because when, when you cook something that's really satisfying for yourself and you know it's nutritionally dense, I don't know, the body responds well. So one thing I learned about eating nutritionally dense meals is that the more nutrition that you have in a meal, the less your body will want to go and Bingo. Uh, get you to go and eat correct. something else. Absolutely correct. That's right. And you know what? I, and I can't remember where I heard it from, but the more nutrient-based and mineral-based your meals are, the more your body will crave that and it won't crave the sugar and it won't Mm. crave the rubbish. Mm. Yeah. So your body does this transition Mm. and it's quite amazing. If If we let our body just do what it does the best instead of interfering with it, you know, especially in these times of social distancing and lockdowns and things yep. like that where we're all seem to be putting on weight of some kind. Um, it's it's just good to keep in mind. Mm. Mm. So, Kez, mm. do you have anything else you can add to week one for the, our lovely listeners? I do. And I you call this week the week of relief. And when we're in this week, our minds are calmer than the previous week. And this would be the ideal week to see what areas of your life you can be more flexible in. Um, I said a couple of examples previously, but if you want to go and look at what house Gemini Moon is falling in, you can make plans to consider being more adaptable in that area. So as an example, or a couple of more examples, if it's falling in your second house, it may be linked with money. Can you be more flexible or adaptable with with your finances? Or if it's falling in the sixth house, you could be looking at your nutrition and health, which we just spoke about, and this would be the week to start your meditation practice. Mm, That's wonderful. And speaking of finances, at the end of the podcast, I will have part two of our financial budgeting practices as well. I forgot to let yes, you know. Yes, I'm looking forward to that. I I've got all my are. receipts. And I, if I can just tell you real quickly, I went to the supermarket the other day and yep. I thought, I want a Kit Kat. And I thought, now, do I want it or need it? Well, I, I really want it. But I thought, no. And I didn't uh, get it. And I just stuck with your <laughs> your concept. So thanks for the inspiration. Oh, that's wonderful. I'm really glad. Um, okay, so week two. Now, as much as we love estrogen, be mindful of how powerful this hormone is. So estrogen is a sex hormone and can fill your life with such joy, energy and purpose. 
This hormone brings with it a sense of calm and mental clarity, enabling you to produce your best work in whatever field you aspire in. It does wonders for fat burning, creates glowing skin and prepares your body for sexual encounters to ensure pregnancy will occur. After all, that is the primary purpose for a menstrual cycle, is to give you the opportunity to fall pregnant. If you have too much estrogen, problems can occur like bloating, swelling and tender breasts, fibrocystic lumps in the breast, decreased sex drive, irregular periods, anxiety, cold, hands and feet, memory issues, just to name a few. Now that comes from um, Dr. Deborah Rose Williams and you can Google her and she's an amazing um, person. She writes some lovely articles. Now if you are concerned about any symptoms you might be experiencing, please consult your preferred medical professional. If you are concerned about any symptoms you might be experiencing, please consult with your preferred medical professional. Over the coming days, estrogen is laying down the lining of the uterus and does so up to the day of ovulation, which is normally around day 14. My suggestion to you, dear listeners, is to enjoy these days because unless, of course, you have an overstimulation of estrogen, you should be really happy and and energetic and joyful because that's what estrogen does. It creates an almost like a euphoric effect. But if that doesn't happen for you in week two, you might want to investigate that. Investigate why don't you feel good in week two. And of course, you might have a life situation that's causing you grief as well. But if that's not happening and you're still feeling a little bit, you know, blah, then, you know, that could be something that you can look at. Have a look at your estrogen levels. All it takes is a blood test and and to see where your estrogen levels are. So, yeah, so that's what I wanted to share with you during this time. And Kerry, please, what do you think um, you can add to that? Well, I think for the Gemini energy, this week is where the Gemini energy will shine. I mean, you it will be on your side. You will be firing on all cylinders. Mm, that's lovely that to hear. High energy. I remember it well. Mm. I remember it so well. Mm. so well and I was going to do all sorts of things in this week and it's a week to brainstorm. I mean, if you have a problem that you've been struggling with and you haven't come up with some solution that you're satisfied with, you use the creativity of Gemini and see how many options you have or see how many mm. solutions you can come up with um, and you can think of as many as you can and you just go with the best one. This is the week for new ideas and concepts and to have fun. Yes. It's, it's a week where you really can enjoy yourself. Yeah, I agree totally. That's wonderful. Okay, so listeners, week three. So if you are um, on your week three during this beautiful new moon in Gemini, this message is for you. Again, I'm going to reference some. Um, the beautiful Dr. Libby Weaver in her book, of course, entitled Women's Wellness Wisdom. She writes, after you ovulate, day 14, you make a surge of progesterone from the corpus luteum. This is the crater-like effect that is left behind in your ovary after the egg is released. If there is conception, progesterone climbs higher to maintain the endometrium. If there isn't a conception, the lining of the uterus is not needed, so progesterone falls and you menstruate. So during my reading of Dr. Libby's book, some interesting facts have been uncovered. So after ovulation, 
estrogen should be secondary to or lower than progesterone. And we've spoken about that, Kerry, a lot mm. in our podcast. Yes, we have. Yeah. Um, so progesterone during the second half of the cycle. So the second half of the cycle should be progesterone dominant. This mm. would represent a healthy sex hormone balance. If, however, you ovulate and don't make optimal amounts of progesterone, so it is only dominant over estrogen for a few days of the second half of the cycle, then estrogen is dominant leading into week four. Now, Kerry, I've never mentioned this before. No, I haven't heard this before. I haven't even read this until my darling Dr. Libby said it in her book. So this is one of the most common sex hormone scenarios that causes the symptom of, (gasps) wait for it, PMT. Yes. So if you suffer with PMT, why not get this checked out? So the best day to test progesterone is seven days before your period. So if you are using the Moon and You app tracker, this will help you to get the correct date for the testing. Kerry, we also have that free ebook. The Four Seasons. The Four Seasons. I'm so sorry. The Four Seasons. Download that. That has a manual tracker for you. So what Dr. Libby says is that we really shouldn't have premenstrual tension. She believes that um, that's just a cause of a couple of things, Uh, the estrogen dominance during this week Mm -hmm. three where progesterone should be dominant. So if you suffer from, and I'm talking severe PMT, let's have a look at that. Let's look, get her book, and I will post a a link on the Facebook page because it's so fascinating what Mm. she is talking about. And it just went, ah, Okay, well, if this is the case, I would love to hear. I mean, it's too late for you and I to test Mm. this theory, but it's not too late for you listeners. So I would love it if you could um, test this theory. Again, I will put a link up there. And if you've got the book, read it. If not, I can probably take a few snapshots of some of the content, not too much because that would be infringement of copyright, but just a couple of things for you to get your head around this concept. And yeah, it's just unbelievable information. So there you go. I wonder how much they study this and look into it to find that out. That mm. is really mm. going into the, I know you don't like this expression, the duck's guts of, of things. <laughs> I it's don't like, and never say of. that word again. <laughs> or never well, say those the, two words the, again. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I oh. I'll, I'll come up with another one. Please do. But that is, that is, that is, um, Incredible. I thought you'd like that. It's too late for us, but that's okay. I mean, I know, our, our listeners will, will love that. You know, when we do this podcast, you know, and you get you start to talk about the, the PMT, and I'm thinking it must have been something else with me that I would have it so severely when I had it at times. Mm. So that must have been, you know, it was mm. a maybe a severe chemical imbalance that mm. that and for anybody that does suffer with PMT. I mean, my heart and your heart goes out to them. Mm. Well, I only had a little a little sort of suggestion this week when you've talked about like the doldrums can creep in. I thought this week might be ideal for journaling, especially tracking your cycle, you know, using that Gemini energy of information and uh, that information gathering to, well, to learn more about yourself really and in saying that, you know, you might want to take it further, you know, do some creative writing around it or even blogging, especially if your new moon is falling in the third house. This is its natural home. Mm. It'll mm. really come to the surface. Even something around that I thought might be 
a good outlet for people where, you know, that it's a bit like a wet blanket that comes over that week. And you mm. think, yeah, last week I was so excited about this. Yeah, but, but what if what if you could change all that? What if you could well, actually change right. it? So I'm, exactly. I, I'm keen to hear from you listeners. I really want to know what you think about that. Um, so it's good. All right, my darling. So week four, week four, what have I got for you here in week four? So you've already heard of the stress hormones cortisol and adrenaline, haven't you? Kerry, you've heard of those? Oh, yes, I have, yes, absolutely. So like me, you might often mention to those around you how stressed you are. Oh, I'm so stressed, blah, 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 blah. So if this is the case, then you better start de-stressing your life because you are living in dangerous waters. If you are constantly stressed, it can impact on your menstrual cycle. So PMT can be managed if you address the stress in your life. One area of your life to reduce is, and I hate to say this, oh, my (laughs) God, but it's caffeine. I know. Are you all right? Are you all right? You've said it. I am. I know that, listeners, you're going to go, oh, bloody hell. I know you're going to say that because I'm saying that. I'm actually saying more than that. But I am 53 and I don't have a cycle anymore, but I still want to – it's not necessarily about the cycle – in this particular sentence, but it's like overall health. Adrenaline communicates to every single cell in the body and basically it screams that your life is in danger and you better run, okay? That's mm. what it's for. So you might feel like you're on top of the world, you know, with your hourly or daily fix of caffeine, but serious long-term damage, including hormonal disruption, is happening to the delicate endocrine system, truly. So one area that you might be affecting, um, and also talking about progesterone, one area that, that it might be affecting, as I mentioned before, is the progesterone levels. Now, if you get a hold of the book, and at pages 169 to 174, that's where it talks about this particular um, situation. It's about three or four pages long. So it's really hard for me to encapsulate it all into one sentence. It's, it's extraordinary what caffeine can do. So here is the challenge for UD ones. Try to reduce your caffeine intake for the next four weeks and see how it affects your cycle. So if you want to start, don't start it now because this is week four. Just prepare for it. You have another month ahead of you. So next week you're going to have your period. So why don't you start in week one, which will happen in a couple more couple of days, and just reduce caffeine. Reduce it, reduce it. Instead of a double shot, you know, macchiata latte with the foaming froth and a bit of the the chocolate sugar, why not just have one shot and try like a nut milk? So, for example, try sweetened almond milk and one shot. You know, just sort of mix it up a little bit and reduce it. Because I can guarantee you from the one I've been reading, your body will be a lot happier for it. You may not think it mentally because, you know, you're going coffee, but I love it because it's an addiction. You are addicted to the caffeine. So, yes, you're going to have resistance. But I guarantee you, if you just reduce slightly, see the outcome, that'll give you more power to then reduce again the next month. And then keep on reducing and reducing until really you only have a cup of coffee, you know, maybe once a week or once a month you are no longer addicted. That's what I'm trying to get at for this um, for this week Take charge, my friends. What do you reckon, Kez? Well, I'm just thinking back when I was in that PMT week and I would drink more coffee that week than I would any other week Mm. because I was, I think it was because I was uh, trying to fill a void 
you know, because the hormones dropped. And I, at times I remember, you know, thinking, oh, what, what, what's the point in anything? Just feeling the effects of the dropping hormones, I go and have a cup of coffee. I don't actually drink coffee now, which doesn't help me at all with Ooh, my mental Because I don't have one. Helen, <laughs> how, how about if you give us your suggestions for week four? Just, what, what do you think about that? Um, oh, okay. Well, what I, I because this, this week is the most difficult of weeks, I'm thinking now what could be good about this week? So because it can be very difficult if you are having stressful thoughts and if these, because this is when they'll come up really, mm-hmm. if they're coming up on a regular basis and they are magnified this week, look at what's triggering them. I mean, my remedy for that part is Byron Katie and mm-hmm. watch your videos on YouTube or on a website, they're free and you become familiar with her process and you end that suffering once and for all you deal with it because if those same thoughts are coming back, especially if you um, may be going through a relationship breakdown or something like that, and goodness knows at this time people are dealing with all kinds of stresses, um, the that process of Byron Katie empowers you no matter what the situation is mm. and she covers them all yeah. so if if you are an emotional person you may instinctively react emotionally over this week is another is another aspect of it and you know once harsh words are spoken they can never be taken back mm. and I found I learned this the hard way but for me the best thing I can do is remove myself or don't say anything yeah. um, and give yourself some breathing space gather as much information as you can about your reactions. I mean, really think about yourself. If you still are uh, struggling, you need somebody to just to hear you talk about it with a good friend or a confidant, and if you can have some things that are funny to watch on the side, Mm. and if these stressful thoughts are causing you great suffering, the relief matches that suffering so so you'll have great relief and it is it is life-changing and the best time to address them is when they are at their peak that's the good thing about if that is happening with you yeah Um, yeah. because these these changes in our bodies can certainly bring up issues that Mm. we we're not dealing with or we aren't Mm. and that's I mean, I'm speaking from my own personal experience and and that's when I found that that week they would magnify mm. a thousandfold. And, yeah, yeah. Oh, not, not good. And if you combine that with coffee, well, you know. Oh, yeah. It's quite amazing. And, Sue, most importantly, hopefully uh, people have been, they've started their meditation practice and keep that going because that will be enormously helpful to you as well in the fourth week. Thanks for that, Kerry. I really appreciate all the information that you've given us. It's actually uh, it's wonderful. I would like to wrap up, and before I let you go and let the viewers go, I wanted to talk to you about the financial part two of what we've been talking about, Kerry. As you know, I have a diploma in accounting, and for the last 22 years I've been a bookkeeper, and I wanted to do something for our viewers to help them understand how they're spending their money and to get a little bit of control over their money. So the part two is this. What you need to do is with all the receipts that you have piled, 
And if you don't know what part one was, you've got to go back and listen to podcast or look at our Facebook page because I'll have part one instructions there for you. So you look at pile one and you say, okay, so pile one is all about being okay. So have you done this, Kerry? Have you put it in, in three piles? I haven't. I've just gathered all my invoices together. But okay. I, I will do it because I've been waiting for the second part. Great, of the lovely. So pile one is basically everything that you need to buy. So you have to look at every single receipt. So, of course, rent is important. That goes on pile one. Mortgage payments on pile one. Food goes on pile one. You need to decide if it's an important thing on pile one, which is what I needed to buy. The second pile is what I wanted to buy. So you really have to think about it. Did I need it or did I want it? And you refer back to that before about the Kit Kat. I love that. Yes. Yep. I really wanted it too. At, I yeah. And the third pile is what I regretted buying. Oh, what? that is brilliant. Okay. So these are the three oh, piles that you have to have, have to have done. What I needed to buy, what I wanted to buy, and what I regretted buying. Because that will keep you in good stead. So when I release the ebook, you'll have all that information ready to roll. And when you talk about regretting to buy things, that's the hardest thing at all. Because especially when you can't take it back, you know. Anyway, oh, we won't go yes. there. So that's oh, a little sure. little bit of um, little bit of homework there for those of you who are following along with our financial, um, financial planning, planning, and financial planning, yes, and education, yes. Oh, well, thank you so much, listeners, for joining us today. As always, it's been a pleasure to have you listening to our rants. <laughs> <laughs> Terry, it's always a pleasure to have you here as well and listening to my rants. I love you heaps, and I hope this new moon in Gemini makes you farewell. Okay? So I love you. See you, yeah. listeners. Okay. Bye-bye, everyone. Okay. <laughs>